We're together again. It is Live Transformed. <laughs> We're episode together again. 271. Together again. Just praising the Lord. Do you remember that? Maybe yeah. that's too old for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it, it has the right but, chord progression right. and but oompa, the se- oompa to it. But the 70s did happen, people. That's, that's, right. that's right. Big hair and bad music. It all happened. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I loved the music. Actually, actually, I loved, I did love some of the 70s music. You know, you know, okay. you know the, the, the Jesus movement aspect of it really continued all the way through most of the 70s. And Do you know the, how many scriptures I know? Because I yeah. started, ni- I was five years old in 1970, yep. and all I did was go to church all the time and learn scriptures and songs, scriptures yeah. and songs. And they are in me. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, you give me verses. This is the year of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I can remember, I can remember having, uh, having uh, other, you know, denominational people say that we were of the devil for singing psalms, for singing, you know, scriptures out of the Bible. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? It it absolutely is Can I just tell you how grateful I am that I happened to be alive in that decade and I happened to have tons of scriptures in my heart. Yeah. And and they're still there. And they come out at the weirdest times. I remember these songs. (laughs) Like, we're together again. I'm like, wow, we just did that. Okay, but we are together again, and I loved how we really set up this week. Because, Jim, you kind of gave us one of those cliffhangers. Like, you were pretty pretty strong in your delivery of saying, we are specifically going to tell you how to teach and wonder and explore how to pray. You know, when you start looking at how Jesus prayed and what he taught about prayer, this all and the most in, one of the most interesting things about what he talked about prayer was he very specifically told us some things not to waste our time praying about. <laughs> I love that. I'm an efficiency person. I'm I'm yeah. very happy about hearing about this. But you know, I got to tell you, uh, all of my Christian life, and you know, I used to get invited to a lot of prayer conferences because of writing the prayer organizer, which most of those people, once they got me there, they either did a bunch of repenting or they were wishing they hadn't invited me. Uh, because in, in most of the prayer conferences I ever attended, the emphasis of those conferences was to teach you to pray about and in the same manner of all of these things that Jesus said, don't pray this way. <laughs> and that's what we were being taught. And so, you know, it just kind of it punctuates uh, the extent to which the body of Christ totally ignores everything Jesus taught. And, and, and you know, and, and that's, just, no, that's not an exaggeration, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm wanting to believe you. I don't know what it is. No. I don't. I, I if you if you were to say. What did Jesus say to not bother praying about? I wouldn't know the answer to that. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, 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 you, you would. I mean, you'd recognize it immediately. Be say, you, know, yeah. you know, for example, Jesus said, you know, don't think that you're, that you're going to be heard because, because you say a lot of words, because, because you pray a oh, long time. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And what were we taught? We were taught, well, the longer you pray, the more the likelihood God's going to hear you. That's true. And we timed it. 
Oh yeah. That was the that was called the eighties. Yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> absolutely. And and, and the more people you get involved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, we just got to bombard, yeah. you know, so that, you know, we can get his attention. And, wow. and Jesus said, don't pray about your, about your daily needs. And, you know, this was really where I launched off decades ago to where I just said, I'm not praying for money anymore. Jesus said, not pray for that. Yeah. Uh, but again, and he said it a different way, but, and, and you know, Matthew six thirty three, where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things. In other words, all of these things that he told you not to pray yeah. about. Don't worry about yeah. it, because if you seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, it's just going to all be added to you. Well, you know what? That is really just a reiteration of Proverbs twelve twenty eight that we talked about yes. last week. It's such a great concept. I love how those totally correlate with oh, each other. Oh, ab- absolutely. And, and so, you know, Jesus tells not not to worry about money, you know, and yeah. there are just so many things that, that he said. And if you'll go to like... Like over to, I think it's Matthew 12, you know, where he teaches on what we call the Lord's Prayer. He actually opens up that whole session about prayer, first telling you what not to pray about and how hmm. not to pray. Hmm. And and he does all that before he even starts trying to get you into prayer. But anyhow, and then you then you look at the fact that not one time did Jesus ever pray for people, minister to people uh, in a way that we see happening, uh, you know, or that we saw happening in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and still happening all, all, all over the world today. So uh, if Jesus is our Lord and if righteousness is harmonizing our life, our beliefs, our processes with his, then then. We can't say he does it this way because he's Jesus, and so. But we got to do this this other way. Well, where did you learn that other way? You didn't learn it from the Bible. You learned it from some preacher that yeah. that yeah. learned it from some preacher that learned it from some right. preacher, and you know, and you you finally trace it back down to where it came out of paganism or something, and, <laughs> and but it just got passed on for generation after generation yeah. after generation. But anyhow. When, and it somehow became gospel truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, if it's we talked about. Well, no, this wasn't in our one of our sessions. I talked about this in my in my coaching group. Uh, you know, I always tell people that one of the most effective ways to write something on your heart is information plus emotion. So if yes. if you take a scripture or, or anything, true or false. And you imagine it or think about it to such a degree that it creates uh, the corresponding emotions, then your heart will come to believe that that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, another way that that we actually influence our heart is repetition. Repetition mm. is incredibly uh, powerful, too. Mm-hmm, and the thing about mm-hmm. repetition, it's so, it's so passive. But So if you hear something enough times or say something enough times at some point in time that's that's going to become your belief and when it becomes your belief it that is your version of reality mm, isn't that amazing and you know i'm just just popped in my head right now jim but i just think of the a blessing we have speaking of decades i'm so grateful to be in this decade for the very yeah. reason that um i have recorded so many cool decrees into my phone and I just put my AirPods on and they are repeating. 
repeatedly, I am, you know, all the blessings, all the the promises, all these incredible decrees. I, I, for years now, I have this voice recording app and they are just, when I walk, when I, I mean, we can listen and people right now, you guys are probably listening to this on AirPods on a walk right now or in the car. Like we are so amazingly blessed to hear repetitive truth that there's no excuse for not turning up the truth because we have it available to at any point to put great truth into our heart and mind just because of the technology we live in right now i just love that i mean there's other ways to do it i'm sure back in 1920 but it was sure nice to have an airpod (laughs) yeah yeah, i I bet i bet they were looking for them (laughs) they were they were running down they were running down to to, uh, the general store yeah. <laughs> to look, do you have any AirPods? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you imagine 1920? No. I just love that you watch these old TV shows and they did these futuristic things that were oh, so yeah. crazy. Like we could, we're going to put something on them that we can track it. Well, there, I was watching something from the 1960s, a spy movie, and it yep. was just so funny that all of this is normal now. It's so funny. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, listen, since we don't have a lot of time, let's just kind of just jump into this thing here. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, the the most common Hebrew word for prayer, and, and again, this is this is one of these things we throw away what we call the Old Testament, which means we don't really have any scriptural definition for New Testament words and concepts because they're all rooted in the Old Testament in the Hebrew. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, the most common uh, word for prayer in the Old Testament is a word that means to judge or assess, and then to reconcile. Mm. And so, you know, uh, the fake grace people can't even handle that because they don't think you're supposed to judge anything. Uh, but we are. Uh, we don't pass judgments uh, in the sense of knowing somebody's heart and knowing what's, you know, what's going on, what their motives really are. But we are supposed to judge the fruit. And mm-hmm. so in our, even in our own lives, if I'm not willing to judge the fruit in my life, then I'm stuck. Yeah, uh, right. Be, because if I can't look at something in my life and say, wait a minute, that's, that's not God, and, uh, and, and I, need to, I need to do something about it. Well, what do I have to do? I have to reconcile. I have to reconcile the situation that I'm in, it needs to be reconciled to how it is supposed to be because righteousness mm-hmm. is as it should be. And mm-hmm. how everything in my life should be, it should be in harmony with, with what happened in Jesus' life. So the, so the, the, the type of prayer that Jesus prayed was always, when he was ministering to somebody, was always to look at a person's life, and based on whatever was going on in their life, whether they were demon-possessed, whether they were sick, whether they were broke, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, he, he made a determination, and we're going to see in a moment how we can always make that the right determination. He made a determination, was that legal or illegal in their life based on who God was? Mm. And so, I mean— Here's one. I, I I know I'm kind of ricocheting off the walls on this stuff, but you know we think about praying in the name of Jesus as just yeah. as just tacking the name of Jesus on the end of a prayer. No, right. that's not what it means. To pray in the name of Jesus, I have to assess 
whether all of what I have prayed is actually in harmony with the names of Jesus. Wow. Wow. And so even if I've tacked the is name everything, of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, is everything that I'm praying in agreement with all the names of Jesus? Yeah. So wow. if if even though I tack the name of Jesus and I make it a quiver in my voice and a tear in my eye and be oh. as sincere as the day is long, if what I am praying for is not in harmony with who Jesus is, how he ministered, how he treated people, and what he accomplished his death, burial, and resurrection, then I'm not praying in his name. I'm trying to use an incantation. I'm trying. It's actually magic. I'm trying. I'm thinking that, yeah. that that if I just use his name, it's going to magically make yeah. make some something happen. So right. uh, again, I mean, just almost every aspect of of how we pray to get results in our life. Now, there's a lot of other kinds of prayer, but when it comes to getting results, it needs to be: Do I know what is established in heaven, and uh, and do I believe that based on how God created me and based on who I am in Jesus, do I believe that if any part of my life is out of harmony with Jesus and what he accomplished, therefore established in heaven, do I believe I have the authority to change it? And what most even some people that can recognize this is not from God, they don't use their authority to change it the way Jesus taught. They ask God to change it. Mm. And God, God does not make decisions for us. He does not so in, violate our will. So it is amazing how many times we ask God to change something that we aren't willing to look at ourselves and say, what is it me to judge and assess yeah. where I'm not in, in alignment or yeah. in harmony with God's will, and I'm just asking God to change it. It's yeah. just, when you put it in those terms, it seems like the most idiotic thing to do in the world. Like, yeah. why am I asking God to do something mm -hmm. that I am absolutely, you know, empowered to look at myself and make that judgment or decision myself, mm -hmm. like according to what, what I'm experiencing? Because fruit is what is actually happening, the evidence. Yeah. You know. Right. And to reference our previous podcast, when we insist we see, we remain right. in the current situation right. and we remain stuck. Exactly. So, the, you know, we're coming to this place, even yeah. in the place of prayer, am I willing or am I teachable? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, Jesus was actually, you know, out with the guys and they were they were in the area of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, I believe it was. And uh, in that area was the greatest concentration of Baal worship in the entire world. And anywhere in the world that, that there was an altar built to Baal, it had to face toward that region. And so actually, uh, it was believed that that was a portal because, you know, we know there are portals. There are portals where angels crossed over from heaven to earth. And, and evidently, there, there are portals to Hades, if you will. And so mm. the, the, the Jews believed and the people in, in the ancient world believed that right there where Jesus was having this conversation was the portal uh, to Hades. And so 
Uh, it's kind of interesting that Jesus has this conversation. You know, they're walking along. He says, okay, who do people say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, I can't. we don't have time to go very far in this, but you notice he, he qualified that question by saying, who do they say the Son of Man is? He didn't say the Son of God. He didn't just say, who do people say I am? He said the Son of Man. And, uh, you know, to operate authority in planet Earth the way that Jesus modeled it, we can't do that if we don't realize that he operated authority because he was the Son of Man, not because he was the Son of God. He never did one single miracle as the Son of God. He did every miracle as the Son of Man. Now you say, well, why is that important? Well, because when God created man, he gave authority over everything that happens in planet Earth to man. And, you know, religion uh, uh, would have you believe that whenever man brought sin in the world, that he lost his authority. There's not a scripture anywhere in the Bible that teaches that. What man lost was his identity. And because he was created in the likeness and the image of God, out of that sense of identity, then he was able to exercise authority in planet Earth, uh, just like God, Jesus demonstrated. And, uh, uh, and in Christ, the, the number one thing that we recover is our, our identity. We, you know, is, mm. it, yes, we get a new heart. We get, you know, we get a righteous spirit. But all of that should come back down to our identity. So I should have the confidence, particularly as a believer. You know, a lot of people say, this is the authority of the believer. No, it's the authority of a human. But whether or not you, have, whether or not you use that authority properly is based on what your sense of identity is. Yes. So, so anyhow, you know, this thing about realizing you don't need a special anointing to have authority in planet Earth. You just need to be a human being. Yeah. <laughs> what a concept. What a what concept. A concept. What so, a concept. So anyhow, you know, I'm, I'm skipping over so many aspects of this just to get to the meat of it. So basically, um, Jesus, you know, he, he, he teaches them a little bit. And, uh, and then, then he says in, in verse 19 of uh, Matthew 16, he says, uh, and by, uh, you know, in, in verse 18, by the way, he makes reference to the gates of Hades. Interesting that he was right there where the entire ancient world believed the portal to Hades existed. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's powerful that he made that statement there. But anyhow, verse 19, so he says, he says, so I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. He is not saying the keys to the kingdom. He's not yeah. talking about this is your entrance into the kingdom of God. He said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Uh, the keys to the kingdom, like I say, would be what you use to get in. The keys of the kingdom would be what you use to open the various doors once you are open or close the various doors once you are in the kingdom. And so he says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And by the way, he, you notice he didn't say kingdom of God. Kingdom of God has to do with whether or not you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven has to do with whether or not you are accessing the resources of heaven. Uh, so basically, this is, this is where healing, you know, prosperity, blessing, all of these things that enrich our lives uh, uh, are stored, so to speak, is kingdom of heaven. So he says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth 
will be loosed in heaven. Now, when you read that uh, in the Amplified Bible, it says this, whatever you bind or declare to be improper or unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth or declare to be, uh, 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 let me see, uh, declare to be, uh, I'm sorry. Permitted? uh, Permitted? uh, Yeah. I'm sorry, my 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 program just glitched on me yep, all of a sudden. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyhow, so so he says so so what if it's unlawful in heaven, mm-hmm. then it is your responsibility when you assess that, or you make a judgment, you you make a decision about it based on what Jesus accomplished for you. If if Jesus declared it to be unlawful, in other words, if through his death he suffered this for you then it is unlawful. Well, all the curses of the law, uh, Jesus suffered on our behalf, so we don't have to suffer them. They are unlawful to be in our life. And all the promises of God are yes and amen, so we need to loose those or declare them to be lawful uh, in our life. And see, this brings us into harmony with heaven. Now, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the Aleph, and the Aleph is, uh, is really, the concept of the Aleph is uh, harmonizing heaven and earth, and the hmm. Vav is the middle letter in the Aleph. You have, you have a Yud, Vav, Yud, and so hmm. that letter itself is, is clearly describing that it is man who harmonizes Heaven and earth. Heaven, heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that when, is go ahead, part I'm sorry. of who we are. That's just that just just gives us such incredible a feeling of of the importance of who we are, yep. like and the authority of who we are, and and the mission of who we are. Like some people say, I wish I had a purpose. I wish I knew my purpose. And I'm thinking, man, start here. Yeah, your purpose is to bring heaven on earth where you are right now. This all of a sudden, it just puts so much less emphasis on so many of the things that the world deems successful or that we're supposed to do or whatever that else. We are to bring heaven on earth. If we ever wonder what we're supposed to do on this life, as a human being, man is put right there in the middle as that conduit between heaven and earth. What an exciting mission that we have. So now you go back and look what, you know, the only time Jesus ever talked to the father about getting somebody healed or working a miracle was when he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he he very specifically said to God, you know, I don't really need to be praying this prayer. I'm just doing this for these people that are watching, you know, to help their faith. But you you never saw Jesus, you know, walk up to somebody and lay hands on him and say, Father, will you heal this person? Never one time. He Mm -hmm. looked at the situation. And see, he, he knew the names of God. And so just based on the names of God, which we know the names of God, Jehovah, you know, Jehovah, our righteousness. So anytime, anytime unrighteousness is any part of my life is out of harmony with, with who Jesus is, that's unrighteousness. I know yeah. that's not legal in, in my right. life, been taken care of in heaven. Uh, you know, right. he, you know, he's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord God, our peace. Anything that's taken away my peace, 
It's not legal in my life. Uh, you know, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my, my provider. You know, you just go down the list of all the covenant names of God. And, and based on those names, we know exactly what should be uh, allowed in our life. And anything that contradicts those names should not be allowed in our life. But we're the one that passes the judgment. We're the one that makes the decision because God's already made his decision. The question is, are we going to align ourselves with God or not? Right, right. So much about alignment, so much about knowing him, so much about, you know, just even knowing the names of God and them having established in our beliefs. And you talked about the beliefs of God. It's not just knowing it in our head with that, that knowledge, but we've experienced the emotion of what it feels like to know God yep. as our righteousness and know him as our provider and all the other things, our shepherd who leads us, all his names and what they mean in our daily walk and to be agreement with those names. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It, it, you know, more and more and more, you realize that uh, being spiritual is more, and being spiritually minded is just, yeah. it, it's not trying to make something happen. It's not trying to do something. It is just being in harmony with what God has already done through yes. the Lord Jesus. Yes. Isn't that so much rest and freedom? Oh, man, I'm telling you what, that takes the pressure mm -hmm. off. Yes. Being spiritually minded, I'm just going to repeat that. Being spiritually minded is not about getting something done. It's about being in harmony. And you stop and think, how often does God get blamed? Remember, our mind always is going to, our mind will accuse God so that we can maintain the sense of self-righteousness. Uh, and, you know, that's what God said to Job. You're going to condemn me so that you can remain righteous? Is that what you're saying here? So yeah. just something, let's say that you're praying to God for someone to get healed and they don't mm -hmm. get healed. Mm -hmm. So now you've got to create a theology that, that really says, okay, so why did God let that happen? Yeah. Why well, God, does he heal some and not yeah, others? But God didn't let that happen. Either no. we let it happen or that person in their own heart let it happen. Uh, because they did not have the confidence to choose what God had already established through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, that's not condemnation. I'm not putting down anybody that doesn't get healed, but I'm just saying our choice is either we become responsible or we make God responsible. Therefore, we can blame him and our ego can stay intact. Do you think that maybe even ready, some people are just ready to cross over? Oh, yeah. I've, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> like people, we do yeah. cross over, you guys. Our bodies have an expiry date. And so sometimes oh. we're just ready to go. Listen, I can't even tell you how many people I would go visit that were hanging on the edge of, you know, death. And, and I would just say, look, and I'd always wait till their family wasn't around. And I'd always yeah. manage to get in, you know, where they can be honest with me. And I'd just say, look, tell me the truth. You know, do you really believe you're going to get get healed from this thing? No. Well, then why are you telling your family? I, I remember one man in particular, I really loved this guy. And he was married to this a woman that was a dominating control freak. I mean, she she controlled every aspect of her family's lives. And and uh, I'm not saying that she didn't have good traits, but I'm just saying when it came to what was going with her family? She was, she was going to make everybody's decisions. And so I said, so, so why are you acting like to your family that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that you're believing to get healed? 
because if you're if you're not, if you don't believe, right. you're going to come out of this. You're going to die, and they're going to blame God. And he said, yeah. "Well, he said, if I were to, he said, look, I, I'm ready to go. He said, I've fought this battle long enough. Right. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. I, you know, I know I know where I'm going. I'm not afraid to die. He said, but if, if I were to tell my wife that, he said, I'd have no peace at all. And, mm. uh, and I said, well, so." Do you do you do you want to lie and have peace and and then your whole family have to you know come up with some cockamamie excuse for why you didn't live or do you want to tell them the truth and just you know ask their permission just say look I'm done I'm done fighting this battle I I, I want you yeah. to release me yes and yes. I've done that with many 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 people over the years right. and right. and the thing is. It don't matter who's praying for you. If in your heart you've given up, you're not going to get healed. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's any condemnation in that. I really no. just think that sometimes it's not like it's it's our choice, and sometimes we just want to go. We want to yeah. cross over to the next thing. Oh, absolutely. You know, if, if I was, man, you know, sometimes I'll meet somebody that has fought a battle with cancer for, you know, 10 years. Yeah. And, and yeah. you're like, you know, at some point, at some point, you, you would probably do better for yourself and your family just to say, you know what, I'm, I'm through fighting this battle. And I'm tired and yeah. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah. yeah. So anyhow, so, so this, you know, this gets into this whole thing about how do I pray for other people and, and how do I pray for myself? And uh, it, it, the whole Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer and I go. I teach this in the prayer organizer. Make this just as plain as day. That actually every one of these segments in the Lord's Prayer, if you stop reading them the way religion has taught you to read them, you find that every one of them are segments that are telling you, all right. First, you got to make a decision. Our Father which art in heaven is God your Father. Are you related to God your Father? You know, settle that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. So, all right, am I willing to establish the kingdom of God here in earth by establishing his will that he's already determined in heaven? Am I willing to do that? And then it gives you some categories to do this in. And mm -hmm. forgiving people, you know, dealing with the, the daily, daily needs, daily, you know, provisions. And he gives you these categories and how to deal with them and and it's all based on what we would call put off, put on. Mm. You know, I, I I had our group, our, our, our my coaching group, my ultimate impact group. Man, the last few weeks have just been intriguing for them. I'm telling you wow. that, and, and I told them this, and actually this is what I'm hearing back. But I said, you know what, you're going to learn more about the new covenant. Than you would if you if you went out and, and had earned a doctorate in theology and and this is the next couple of weeks <laughs> and yeah. because because we went back to the book of Deuteronomy and one of the things I had them do is go through starting in chapter twenty seven can you read every curse in chapter twenty seven twenty eight can you read every curse and can you can you read them and never lose your sense that you know, Jesus suffered this for me. In other words, are there any of these curses that when you read them, you suddenly, man, you get this, you get up tight and tense and yeah. this, this sense of guilt? Because if it is, you probably got something <clears throat> that you haven't dealt with in your own heart. 
Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and you may need to deal with it. But can you read Can you read all of these curses and actually glorify God that Jesus has paid for them and yes. that the decision about whether this should be in your life is already taken care of? And then can you read all of these blessings that have to do with obedience? And can you stay connected with the fact that you obtain these through his obedience and you participate in them because you believe that and you establish it in your heart. See, a lot of people, the reason they can't do binding and loosening, they're so scared to read the curses that they don't even know what the curses are. <laughs> no, really. No, I know what you mean. I mean, that but, is that that is so true. Like even that one exercise to read the curses and just get to that place of yeah. rest. Can I read these from a place of rest? Yeah. Um, knowing that this isn't this isn't part of my life, and you know that. Can I when, read the blessings? Yeah. Absolutely convinced, knowing yeah. that this is my inheritance, and I feel so comfortable with this blessing. Yeah, and it's already been established. You're it's not trying to make it happen. This is nothing I have to do to make this happen. Yeah. It is absolutely done. So yeah, that's a really <laughs> really cool thing to do. I love that. But here's a here's a a really. This is where the, you put the ribbon on top of the on top of the gift. Yeah. See, Deuteronomy 27, 28 are all about the blessings and the curses of the law. And there's a little bit of a distraction there in 29. Uh, but 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 then when they get back to it, they you've read these blessings, you've read these curses, and then you come to Deuteronomy 30, where then Moses uh-huh. says, All right, now. I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. You choose. Choose. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we don't even connect those chapters. Most theologians, preachers, wow. believers, they don't even connect those chapters that having the blessings or the curses are all based on what I choose, not what God will choose for me. He's already chosen that. Powerful. In Jesus. Powerful. So encouraging, so powerful. I was just, you know, taking a quick look here in uh, chapter 30, verses uh, 15 of Deuteronomy. It says this. Now, listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity <laughs> and, dis- and disaster. Yeah. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. Yeah. If you do this... You will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Whoa. Yes. Thank you for reading that. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah, the, I mean, the, it can't, it can't, the news listen. cannot get better. Uh-huh. And this is, you know, where you mention, you know, often, Jim, you know, just about that fake grace, you yeah. know, where I don't play a part in this. Yeah. And, and, and it's so clear, you know, throughout all of Scripture is that, no, I do play a part. I yep. choose, I choose, I have I choose. a choice. Yep. And sometimes and sometimes circumstances may be difficult, and you're going to choose 3,000 times in a day. I'm choosing life. Yep. And, and here's something we fail to understand, too. Um, to, when we choose life uh, or death, and yeah. we, which is, it's like this, it's like the couple that says, we want these really good godly kids like we talked about last week. Right. So, you know, if you choose that that's what you want and then you're teachable, 
mm-hmm. you know, either through the scripture or the Holy Spirit dealing with you or whatever. It, if you're teachable, then God can show you this simple process of you making the choice and and, and following the process. But mm-hmm. to choose life is, is more than just choosing the end result. It's choosing that process uh, mm-hmm. that leads to the life. The practicality, the function of what that's going to look yeah. like. Yes, yes. So it, it life can get so, 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 so incredibly, incredibly easy. You know, I've told this yeah. story on here before. When I first got saved, and of course, I was out witnessing to people, leading people to Jesus. So so my, my pastor wanted me to go with him and visit some people. Uh, you know, he, he I wanted to learn from him, but he was wanting to learn what I was doing because I was the only person in the whole church that was out winning people to Jesus and getting them in church, you know. Yeah. So we went to visit a lady, and on the way there, you know, I've told this story here before. On the way there, he says, you know, she just got a diagnosis of cancer. And so I said, okay. So when we get there, if she asks us to pray for her healing, what are we going to do? And man, he got quiet and serious. And, and he was a good man. I'm not. I'm not trying to be critical of him. I mean, he, he was. He was. He was answering this question from what he had been taught in seminary. He said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. He says, before we can pray for her to get healed, we first need to pray to determine if it's God's will to heal her. Now, stop and think. Even even though somebody may not actually verbalize the answer to that question in that way, that's really what's going on in the back of people's minds when they're praying for somebody. Mm-hmm. Is this God's will to do this? Well, mm-hmm. and, and see, before Jesus came, we had the names of God. You know, and, that was, and so we could look at the names of God. And, mm-hmm. and then after Jesus came, he is the exact representation of God. He is the Word made flesh. We don't have to go to any big old deep theological studies. We just have to say, well, wait a minute. Let me see. Did Jesus ever one time pray to determine if it was God's will to heal somebody? No. He exercised authority. He said, "He said, you know, based on who God is, this is this demon in your life, this sickness in your life, whatever the situation in your life, based on the names of God, this is this is not legal in your life. And so he sent it away and then, and then, you know, spoke healing to him or spoke the promise based on the names of God. Well, we not only have the names of God, we have Jesus modeling the names of God yes. in yes. every yes. single thing that he did. And right. so it, it's sort of like, you, you know, it, it, you, you, remember, you know, you remember the, 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 the story, it's not a parable, it's actually a story about the rich man and Lazarus. You know, and, and and the rich man dies, and he goes into the part of death where it, 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 he awaits eternal damnation, and he's you know he's basically in torment. And then the the poor man, the beggar, he goes into Abraham's bosom, and mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, he asks Lazarus. He said, "Just dip your finger in some water and just touch it to my lips," you know to. Mm-hmm. Give me some kind of relief. And Lazarus said, I can't do it. There's a gulf between us. We can't go back and forth across this. Mm-hmm. And so he says, well, um, can somebody go back and tell my brothers? 
Now, remember, Moses said this over in Deuteronomy 30. Paul quoted this in Romans 10, where he said, look, this is not so hard that somebody has to go up in heaven and get the answer for you. This is not so hard that anybody's got to go into the depths of the earth and come back and explain it to you. He said it's real simple, in your heart and in your, and in your mouth. Get it in your heart, and it will be, it'll, yeah. it'll come to your mouth. Not in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so the the you know the crazy crazy thing is, really, if we can't look at Jesus' life and ministry and figure out what the will of God is, then the real truth is, we are just afraid to believe the truth. We're afraid we are that we'll be disappointed. We're afraid that mm-hmm. somehow or another it's not going to happen. But the real truth is, that's the only way it ever happens is ultimately when we begin to use our authority to bind and loose. Uh, and again, for those of you who didn't, you might want to check Live Transform, get my book on, on the keys of the kingdom, and you might want to consider getting my book uh, uh, on earth as in heaven, where I go into great detail about what Jesus thought about prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really, and then the encouraging thing, this is, we are going to get the keys of the kingdom. And then I was just encouraged by John 14, 12 right now, because I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father. And I, and I just think everything of the names of God, it goes to Jesus representing it. And then him saying, Hey, I'm going to heaven. I'm leaving you the Holy spirit. Yep. You're going to do all the same, yep. you know, like and greater. that is, and even, thank you. Yep. And even greater. You know, Jesus, sometimes we forget he was a man. He was 100% man and 100% God. And we have, you know, the Mm -hmm. same, we got to just blow the limits off of what we are called to do on this earth Mm -hmm. in accordance to the names of God Mm -hmm. and what that means in daily life Mm -hmm. and functionality. Yeah. And throughout your day. Yeah. I I choose life. What about today? I'm going to choose life. I choose life. You know, it's amazing. That's a slogan that people all over America are fighting for that slogan. But most of the people that fight for the slogan don't do it in their real life. They don't choose life. Right. Wow. Wow, profound. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Well, drop the mic on that one. And there's another conversation. And there we go. Jim, thank you so much. We all love you on the behalf of all of us. The uh, listeners, I love being here. We love you and we love and are grateful for the wisdom that you bring to mm-hmm. us. And listeners, we will see you next time and um, have an incredible day as you choose mm-hmm. life. Yeah, that's right.